0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of what we're listening to, uh, greetings and uh, COVID-appropriate two-meter hugs. Um, my name is Josh, with me as always, this is my good buddy Asher, how are you, man? Good, man.
1: I'm only 13,000 kilometers away from you, so... That's even better. Be, no, be no, fine.
0: <laughs> no chance of physical contact whatsoever. I, um, at the top of the show, I should say that uh, happy birthday to the one and only Ringo Ringo Star. Mm-hmm. Um, he turned 80 this year, um, which nice. is kind of crazy. Yeah. The oldest Beatle, um, and so in light of that, I have a small, uh, Ringo based <laughs> quiz for you, Asher. Go, okay. you warned me about this right. yesterday. <laughs> there, there are two Beatles songs in which drums appear, but Ringo does not. They're they, they it's are, off uh, the Beatles, the, yes. Um, Ooh, good work, you know that.
1: Yeah, you told me this because you know he would go away in a huff, and they'd have to lure him back with like flowers on his drum kit or something like that. Yeah, they showered him with roses when he came back. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't. Is it like one of the revolutions? Um. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, the I'm gonna need to, uh...
0: Ba-pow. okay <laughs> that, that's a it's a very possible it's the first and second song actually it's um back in the ussr and dear prudence both have paul mccartney on drums right which I love is back uh, the why USSR. the fills the fills are really sloppy if you listen to them
1: <laughs> even
0: like ringo's like normal fills are kind of like loose and sloppy these are like ooh,
1: that's, ooh, that's a little off time but i mean ringo's fills were pretty similar weren't they yeah, they all yeah. very similar. You <laughs> look, you I'm betraying my ignorance of the Beatles. Like I know some of their albums well, but I I'm not a Beatles head like you. So, apologies.
0: I reckon well, I my, most of knows cuz Dear Prudence is my favorite Beatles song, and so okay. it's kind of things I've learned about it. Anyway. Hmm. Um Happy birthday to Ringo. I don't have a ton of catch up. uh cuz I was pretty flat out this last uh, couple of weeks, but do you have any sir?
1: Yeah, yeah, I have a couple. Um, so it took me about another week past last episode to get over Bill Wurtz. So if you, (laughs) if you (laughs) haven't listened to him after my recommendation last week or last episode, please do so because I just couldn't get his music out of my head. Anyway, it just, it's pretty fun and funky and all that sort of thing. So I've, I've enjoyed that. Um, I had an interesting, um, listener interaction, so, Um, on Instagram, half handed cloud who you will hear a bit more later about is an artist. And he was commenting Mm -hmm. on, um, Angelo D'Augustine's swim inside the moon. Oh, and Nick Drake. He was, um, talking about Nick Drake and how Nick Drake, uh, he tells a story about how he was on a train with Sufjan Stevens traveling somewhere in Europe on tour. And, Sylphian said that um, his dad, Lowell Brahms, gave him a tape with Nick Drake's um, Pink Moon and Mike Oldfield's Omidorn on the other side. And those were two very influential records in his career and musical life. And I thought that was quite interesting. I re-listened to Omidorn, um, which is, I don't know if you know any Mike Oldfield, um, but it's kind of like... Not really. Think tubular bells, but more acoustic. So a lot more. Yeah. Uh, Barans, Uh, I think that's the best way to pronounce it and kind of Celtic instruments and a lot of like a lot of other musicians rather than just him multi-tracking himself. Um, I thought it was quite beautiful and just interesting thinking about, um, Sofian's music. Also, you'll hear a bit more about him later on in this episode, but, um, just, yeah, just, I thought that was really interesting as a, influence of a another artist you might know um, um sorry we
0: should mention that they are all record label buddies which is why they know each other yes yeah um, but I'm not just kind of like scattered and related people they they do work together and that kind of stuff yeah
1: and i mean there's a whole bunch of back history i could go into about where sufjan and half any cloud met and uh, centered around daniel smith and all that sort of thing but maybe that's for another time um yeah. I've been listening to a bit more Callan Phillips. I mentioned him a while back, but if you are interested in chilled, cool live sets on Instagram, you should probably check him out on Instagram. Um, he The other night he was streaming just some covers and it was just really nice to listen to. I had it on while I was cooking dinner and it was kind of this chilled acoustic set. So check him out. I enjoyed that uh, this week. Um, I listened to Phoebe Bridges' new tracks, the ones you put on the playlist and they are indeed very beautiful. Um, Mm. really interesting instrumentation. Um, I was, yeah, I need to listen to it a few more times, but it felt a bit different than what I was picturing. I know what you mean by like a warm hug. It was kind of, is that what you said? A warm, (laughs) warm hug? Yeah.
0: Or like, um, underwater, but not in a warbly way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, Oh, I haven't written down which tracks were rich, but I really enjoyed them. So if you haven't checked out Phoebe Bridges yet, that new album, then check that out. Do it. Yeah. And lastly, um, I listened to the Harm Brothers this, just this week. Uh, and I really enjoyed I re- it. The first time through, it was a little bit like, oh, this is a bit too twangy for me. But the <laughs> second and third time through, I thought I really love the melodies. I really love kind of the charm of this I didn't even mind the guitar solos. I thought they were kind of cool and yeah. appropriate and and it was really yeah, it was really nice and Americana and very very kind of enjoyable to listen to. So, yeah, thanks for those. That's that's all my follow-up. <laughs> Their old stuff is uh, much twangier to be fair. Okay. Well, I enjoyed yeah. parts from across the waves. That was good.
0: All right. I got I got nothing.
1: All right. On to the reviews. On time. So, um, I'm going back in time a little bit. Um, I have been listening to Regina Spector's album from 2012, What We Saw from the Cheap Seats. Now, um, I was really big into Regina Spector in about 2008 or 2009, Um, when Begin to Hope kind of hit the ground and then Far. And I really love her, I don't know, boldness to do really, really weird stuff with her vocals, (laughs) quirky arrangements, but also it's really, really recorded well. And she's a great performer. Like she's a great pianist and a great singer, like a really, really good set of pipes. So I had... I somehow just fell off the, the Regina Spector map and just didn't kind of touch her third album, no, fourth album until now. I found it again at my local record store for a couple of bucks and it was sitting in my car and I thought, oh, I, I want to give this a proper listen. And so I pulled it out and had a listen and it's really good. It's it's really hard to explain how none of her albums I totally go I love all of this, but there's a certain mm. vibe and there's a certain musicality that I love and I just want to hear more of. So here's some things that you can expect from Regina Spector. Um, lots of vocal acrobatics. So she jumps all over the shop, like in terms of pitch, but also in terms of sounds that she makes and all sorts of things. She's really quick. She can sing and speak really fast. So sometimes it feels a little bit like a rap, but she's got such a high sweet voice that it's kind of yeah, I don't know where to put it. You can also expect come it feels like some soviet kind of influences because she's like a <laughs> russian jew who lives in new york and so every now and then there's these like really dark chords and like almost machine like arrangements and stuff. It's it's cool and I don't I don't think she's over that sound. She did it quite a bit on far. With hooked into the machine or something like that, and then she does it again on this a song on this album called All the Rowboats. It's she. I know that she was marketed as like really kind of poppy when Begin to Hope came out and that song Fidelity, yeah. but she's by no means pop. Like she's accessible, but her lyrics go all over the shop in terms of what she's talking about. Really, really existential and. Um, curious and interesting, and then her instrumentation and kind of performance are like just way out the window in terms of what normal pop pop artists are capable of. Sometimes I feel. I mean, I don't want to generalize all pop, but it's not quite <laughs> what what was marketed as fidelity, which felt like kind of a s- sweet love song sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Uh. What What else? So, um, I saw her live at the opera house and she just does like she's quite an introvert and but she just does some of the coolest things like I think she played a chair for one of her songs. Like she had her right arm playing a drums like holding a drumstick playing a chair and her left hand playing the piano and then she's singing. So she kind of like comes up with these ideas but then follows them all the way through um f- through the recording production and then into the live performance. And she just does these really Quirky, interesting arrangements But yeah, if you check out this album Listen to Small Town, the first song um, All the Rowboats as I mentioned And Firewood Because you get a taste of These three songs give you a taste of her really like upbeat, boppy Then to All the Rowboats Which is kind of dystopian And then Firewood Which is kind of like her ballads And so you see the Mm. Just the amazing range of things She can do with her voice So yeah, she she's brilliant. I really love this album. Um I I was listening again to like some of my favorites from her back catalogue again and going, Oh, she hasn't it doesn't look like she's done tons lately. I might have missed it, but um this seems like the last full album since then. But I'll have to check out some of the later stuff. But yeah, that's yeah. what I've been listening to. It's been a hot minute since I've listened to Regina Spectrum, probably since
0: high school. Yeah, yeah. Which is a while which was a while ago. I um I remember taking a photo for a friend of mine to make a fake ID so he could go to the Regina Spectre show when we were like in grade <laughs> 9 <laughs> um cuz he really wanted to see her. I uh, yeah, the big Be- begin to hope is the one with the yellow cover, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That one listening a lot to that one when I was a teen.
1: Yeah. The band is really good on that. I remember my um, bass guitar teacher being really impressed with the production on that album. Yeah. yeah. Um, I claim to fame, I've met her and had a little chat. Oh. Yeah, Ooh. after the Opera House gig, I was one of those who hung around the stage door I was like, hey, great set. <laughs> that was fun. And we chatted. She's like really small. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen. Oh, really? Her. She's really short. So, um, I'll try and dig out the photo I've got with her, but, um, I'm a bit of a giant next to her, but, um, (laughs) anyway, it, it, she's a great performer and I was, it was really fun listening to her again. I enjoyed having kind of a change of tunes. I feel like I've been listening to some really heavy stuff and then it was nice to kind of go to this really happy sounding music. So yeah,
0: it's very, very divergent from like the 18 minute. Dinner songs from post-rock
1: bands you've been listening
0: to. This. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I, in terms of rating it, um, I feel like it's not up there in terms of, yeah, Begin to Hope and Far. Um, sure. It's kind of under those. I feel like there are a few songs I found a bit boring, um, uh, but, I don't know, seven and a half, seven? Good album. Still pretty generous. Yeah, yeah, check it out. I'll chuck those songs in the playlist and enjoy her weird voice. <laughs> what have you been listening to? Uh yeah. So um I've also
0: been a bit divergent this week, trying to get away from um all like the grunge and uh alt punk I've been listening to for the last few months. Shoe gaze. Um yeah. shoe gaze, that kind of stuff. So I admittedly decided to give this album a shot because of a Anthony Fantano musical meme review video. Um, (laughs) um, And he was reviewing a meme where somebody had made a, like a meme out of him crying during a music review. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, I don't care about the meme. What's, what's the review that he's actually feeling tearful about. So I went and found it. And it was a review of a single from a guy called mac miller um uh, yeah, no, so no, mac miller uh he was a uh rapper hip hop artist um who died in twenty eighteen of like a fentanyl overdose um yes, and after his death he re- they released a or like a pretty close to his death afterwards they released an album called Circles," which is the one I listened to basically um so it's a posthumous album compiled by scraps that he'd made beforehand and uh, some producers that he was working with. So it's not an unfinished project. It's actually very, very polished. And so I decided to give it a shot. Hmm. Um, I'd never listened to Mac uh, prior to this. I don't really have a ton of um, like it, he transitioned. And I know this. He transitioned very heavily from being quite like a, I would say vanilla pop, rap artist early on to do something very more artsy and experimental by the end of his career and this is much more in that category which is i think why i enjoyed it so much um so this is quite a medley of influences um and so you kind of find all these pieces in the the songs that are more like you know something you'd find out of like a singer songwriter or like pieces of like blues or jazz that or sampled, or that he's written. Um, it's kind of like new, nouveau R&B in some ways. And it was, it was really interesting. I, um, yeah. Um, it's technically part of a duo album. I haven't listened to the other half. I think it's called Swimming. Um, but the, uh, probably the lead single is the most um, outstanding from this record um it's called good news um mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's got kind of like muted guitars and some backbeats and some nice keys and it's kind of more like something you find in the early 2000s like indie scene um and contextually it's pretty devastating cuz it's about you know um anxiety and mm-hmm. um uh interpolated kind of with musical melancholy kind of optimism. Um, So those two kind of things together, especially after the death of him, it's kind of, it's actually really a a potent song I felt. And that's what Hmm. maybe we had to give this album a chance. Um, Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I've been, it it grew on me, but I've been really enjoying it actually. And it's been nice to have a change of pace. And some of the songs, especially the jazzier ones, I've been really enjoying because I, I love, rap when it's more um musically focused rather than um just lyrically focused. Mm, yeah.
1: And I think this walks that line very nicely. Nice.
0: Um yeah.
1: That's cool. I don't I I have not heard any Mac Miller and I'm, I'm a bit inexperienced with hip hop, so I don't have much to offer.
0: Yeah, I mean I I hadn't listened to any of them either yeah. either before. Yeah. Um, I th- I think you'll be surprised by how some of these songs actually. Because I was thinking this is going to be like a hit machine where it has like one or two songs that are worth listening to and the rest are kind of filler, hmm. like you would expect from like a pop artist. But this is not the case with this album, I don't think. Hmm. It's actually that's, quite that's a good depth to it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Mac Miller Circles, uh, eight out of 10. Mm. I um, love the obviously good news. Great track um there's a song called everybody which is kind of a piano ballad and then one called hand-me-downs which is um i read a review where it talked about it was more like like a lounge singer like a and i was like it's really interesting taking this because it's kind of got that desperation to it of like a a guy in like an old suit with like a bad tie who's kind of like worried about his life but yeah it was really good so lounge singer recommend- as
1: in um someone who goes door to door paying uh, offering their services to sing?
0: No no more like um like a crooner, like an
1: old like Oh right. You know,
0: like Vegas kind of thing.
1: I don't even know if what I just said was a thing, but it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know if there's ever been of- a door to door salesman <laughs> who's a singer. <laughs> yeah, somehow thinking of like singing telegrams. I don't know um why yeah. that came to mind. Sorry, ruining the like mood. Old
0: Gil, but he sings it door to door. The, <laughs> the Simpsons. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's
1: funny.
0: Sorry, we make sorry. That a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd like to come and sing you in your lounge room. Will you pay me? <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Sorry, all I right. don't want to ruin your view. No, that's that, that,
0: that's basically what I had. It's. Yeah. uh I was really surprised by how good this was.
1: Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. I'm always up for more recommendations of kind of inroads to hip hop and rap and that sort of thing. So, yeah, Mm. all all for that. I'll check that out. Um, All right. Uh, Homework. Homework. You're going to tell me what you gave. (laughs) Tell them what you gave me.
0: (laughs) Yes. So I I didn't even write this down because I'm so confident in my ability to talk about this band um so i gave asher the third album by the irish alternative indie band the frames um this this isn't my favorite album anymore by them but it was the album that i fell in love with them listening to so that's why i gave <laughs> them to you um it's very 90s and it has a lot of uh gold sprinkled into it i think and it's quite um broad in its musical spectrum in some terms Mm. um but uh i i love the frames and this album was a favorite of mine for a very long time so yeah what did you think sir
1: well i enjoyed this a lot better than smashing pumpkins in terms of (laughs) 90s music so yeah already lots of points right there um Mm -hmm. it's interesting when you say like it's got a bit of gold sprinkled i mean i were you referring to like nineties production because every now and then you do hear the sparkling acoustic guitars and, and that sort of thing that remind me of, um, uh, crash test dummies. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, hey, I still love the crash test. Dummies. I love That's... the crash test dummies. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand that. Um, but you know, because when you hear some of their stuff, it's just so nicely done. um, mm. It doesn't feel as live, but you know what? This was a great album. I so first of all, Josh actually gave me a live album because I thought, "Oh, give me a live album," and I listened to a bit of that. But I feel like I wanted to hear them in the studio to just kind of grasp their sound, and then I'll go and listen to the live album a little later. Yeah, but,
0: um, the, the the draw of the live album is definitely their charm and not the production. <laughs>
1: It was very cool, though. I mean, I love Glenn Hansard. He's just such a character and he's got so many good stories and his accent and his voice. So this doesn't feel very 90s because it's so raw. Like, Glenn Hansard just kind of oozes music. Like, he doesn't have to be very... I feel like he doesn't need to be very clean in everything he does because he just kind of plays and is music. He just... Uh, it just kind of flows out of him, his voice. Like Mm. he doesn't have to, it feels like he could just sing at any time and he'd be fine. Like, you know, he doesn't bother warming up or something like that because just his voice is what it is, but he probably does a lot of other things. I don't know behind the scenes, but it feels like he'd just be ready at any moment to pick up his guitar and play. Uh, Maybe I get that impression from watching once, but you know, that's probably it. (laughs) I'm probably basing too much on fiction. Um, so I really loved the progression of this album. The first couple of tracks are awesome. Like really, really, um, what are they called? So I'm just um, uh, opening line. You go, and, and then
0: Seventh Day Mile.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, Seventh Day Mile and Pavement Tune. Are those the first three? They were, anyway, they were great. Like kind of rocky, fantastic harmonies. I love the chorus that I want my life to make more sense. Um, <laughs> that that kind of chorus, it's just so, um, it's not anthemic. It's just so warm and inviting. And I really like the sound of this album. Um, so the Stars theme was really beautiful as well. Um, the Stars Stars track. Mm. Um, and then... It was really interesting, this theme of the stars. The second the song after that, The Stars Are Underground. Have you heard it feels like a metal bond theme? Like the da 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 that part? Like I was like I guess so. What's that? Yeah, anyway, it just there was there was a bit more experimentation than I was anticipating. I was kind of thinking a folk rock Irish kind of band, but I got a bit more other things in there in the mix and they would throw in other things like what's the celebrate good times chorus that they would just chuck in um <laughs> um cool, uh, cool in the gang um, yeah. no not I was not like, cool I'm pretty gang. sure um, they didn't write this
0: this <laughs> like the
1: Family Stone yeah yeah and then they chuck in um uh from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory pure imagination um and I was just like, oh, this has like got so many interesting parts that they've brought in. So it didn't feel like you're right. It didn't feel like they were stuck in one genre. They were like pulling different things from kind of rock and folk and all these different uh, elements into the one mixing pot. I love all the harmonies. I I think he does his own harmonies. Is that correct, or is or is it some of the other frames? Uh,
0: it's him and the bass player.
1: Okay. I mean, I love his voice. So I'm like more his voice. Anyway, go for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, glo- I woke up this morning with "God Bless Mum" in my head. <laughs> That's such a great song. <laughs> yeah, so I loved all the I loved all the choruses and and it just there was a lot of really good songwriting in this album. Um, and now I did actually do some extra homework uh, for credit. Yeah. I hope you give me some credit. Um, I listened to Santa Maria. Um, That has a really cool bass line. I like like this era of music and how everything isn't hugely compressed and there is a lot of dynamic range um, in the songs. That's got some weird guitar parts in it though, Santa Maria, like crazy part at the end, which is totally off key. Do you remember that? So I think Santa Maria is the only song that I know
0: of where the rhythm guitar part is played by slapping the strings for the whole time rather than strumming them. Oh, okay. And so by the end of the song, he's just whacking his guitar in a G chord and a C chord basically, and it's just kind of going out of
1: tune slowly. <laughs> well, it was more the lead guitar. The lead guitar is this repeated riff that goes over and over, and I'm like, some of those notes are not part of the key, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, I love the way Glenn Hansard uses his voice, at, like does natural crescendos with his voice. It can sound a little bit mm. whiny, but it's something that I don't hear a lot in music anymore. Like everything's kind of, like I said before, hugely compressed. Everything's the same volume throughout the whole song. But this was nice. That felt like there was actually a dynamic range in it. Um, they feel like a livelier elbow to me, if that makes sense. <laughs> Like they've got some of the similar yeah. some similar elements, um, different songwriting, but just if Elbow were like a little bit more fast on their feet, they would be a bit like the Frames maybe. I don't
0: know. I mean, I could see that. I could see that.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, so Rent Day Blues, uh, it sounds a little bit like that. So it sounds like the White Stripes were a bit influenced by them with their song, I Think That We Are Going To Be Friends. Um, mm. There was just some – there yeah, elements there, I thought. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and lastly, I had a listen through some other tracks on their different albums that I knew from Once. Um, so I listened to When Your Mind's Made Up and Say It To Me Now. So both of these songs yeah. appear in Once. Um, I must confess that I much preferred the versions in Once than the studio versions. So Say It To Me Now, man... There is nothing I cannot get past him busking on the street, that version. <laughs> like I listened to the studio version. It just didn't feel like the full song. It felt like he was holding back.
0: I don't know. So uh, I should tell you the,
1: um, sorry, which studio version of Say It To Me Now did you listen to? Is it still the acoustic guitar still? No, it's got all the other instruments in it. It's got like kind of electronic stuff on top as well.
0: Yeah, so that's actually from the album before the one I gave you. It's a really old song of theirs. Right, okay. And it's, uh, it's very different.
1: Yeah, it album. is very different. There's a great song, but if you listen to that song, don't listen to that version first. Listen to the one from the Once soundtrack. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's just Glenn being Glenn. And he's yeah, and I like that's Glenn so, being Glenn.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh,
0: it's so enraging that somebody can sing that well and powerfully. I was
1: trying to find the clip of him. He's at some gig and for some reason the mic isn't working. So he just stands on top of his back and yells over the crowd. I just so good. I don't understand it. And you can hear him. I'm just, <laughs> the pipes on that man. is just
0: fantastic. Yeah. I'm curious what you thought about the, uh, the violin in the, uh, in the composition.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't hear it that much. I heard like a little bit. Mm. It didn't sound, it didn't stick out to me. There were some nice lines, um, but to be honest, I think I might have missed it. So apologies if I was supposed to be no, noticing something in particular.
0: I've always felt like that kind of the having um, the wonderful fiddle player that they do, mm. I won't risk saying his name for fear of insulting by mispronouncing it improperly because it's very Irish. Very Irish, yeah. Um. Uh, I think it pushes them to have different like attitudes towards songwriting of like, how can we use this talented musician and not make it a gimmick, but actually make it like a legitimate part of our band. Yeah. So like they have two guitars, a bass, a drum, and now we have this fiddle guy and it, I think it, it never, well, you say it, it doesn't stick out as in like, it doesn't feel like that doesn't belong. It always kind of blends well, I think. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I like that too. I like where it's not just, oh, this main melody that the singer is singing, let's get the give the violin that player that melody in the bridge. Um, it didn't feel like that. Um, there was like a couple of songs where I noticed that it was being used in an interesting way. I think it had like effects on it or something. And I yeah. like that. That was cool. I, th- I think you'd actually like um,
0: the fiddle player has some of his own solo stuff oh, cool. um, where he does like looping and fiddle effects and kind of plays songs um, based on those kind of compositions. And they're really beautiful. Hmm. And uh, he performs them sometimes
1: live when they take breaks at gigs and stuff like that. And they're lovely. That's cool. I would dig seeing these guys live. I would really enjoy that. <sighs> so good. Yeah. Nice. I I would uh, rate this high. Um, I, I don't think like I adore it. Like some of the albums I've got, in my collection, but, um, it's definitely one that I will come back. I will revisit the frames and I will kind of get to know them a little bit more. So I don't know if I have a rating, but it's, it's up there. I recommend this album if you don't know the frames or if you do, and you haven't heard this album, so check it out. I call that a mission success from my part. (laughs) Um, well, I think I'm about to fail my mission, uh, with your homework. (laughs) So let's go into that. Here we go. Um, now, I'll explain a little bit about this album at the start because uh, Josh told me to do that for fear it gets lost. However, um, now I gave Josh an album, which this is one of my favourite albums. It's one of my top ten albums of all time. Um, I really appreciate this artist. Um, Their name is Half-Handed Cloud um, and they are the second band to be signed to Asthmatic Kitty. Um, They have been around for a long time. Uh, headed up by John Ringhoffer and aided by many different people along the way. Um, This album I kind of gave to Josh off the back of the Bill Wurtz comments from last episode. Um, Yeah. Half-Handed Cloud is, in my mind, a bit of an acoustic um, version of Bill Wurtz, although he's way before Bill Wurtz in terms of um, origin. Uh, He jumps all over the place He uses a lot of interesting and random instrumentation Um, And so his music is just kind of A very, very interesting pocket pop sort of uh, style Um, He's heavily influenced by the Beatles And a lot of like experimental music And all this sort of thing Um, And so I attempted to give this to Josh But we'll see what he likes Um, I might offer some more (laughs) comments at the end But uh, go for it, Josh
0: yeah um you talk about bill words i had that in my notes too i it's but it's kind of to a different level Mm. um i um from first listen this is like a quite an assault to the musical senses um and i've been trying to come up with a metaphor for what it feels like initially listening to it um so this this is this is the first of my cooking metaphors and it kind of feels like um you have like a kitchen full of ingredients to like make a cake so you got like flour salt butter vanilla all that kind of stuff and then the person uh picks parts of those ingredients at random and just cooks them in a different way and sometimes you come out with like a lump of like baking soda, salt, and green food coloring, and then sometimes you come out with something that's like flour, sugar, salt, and butter, so it's kind of edible still. And um <laughs> that's kind of like the first impression I got of this of like some of these songs are like, like all over the place, and some of them are four to five second snippets of like um just like a modal insanity. And so I kind of feel like this is like a, a very deconstructive approach to music of like, how far can someone go before a song phases out from being a song anymore? Whilst, but he's kind of like going towards that point while still trying to retain like musicality to it. Mm. Um, and so the, the constant is obviously the, the singer. Um, Mr. Ringhoffer, is that
1: right? Yeah, John Ringhoffer.
0: John Ringhoffer. Um, he's obviously the 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 musical constant throughout this whole thing, and um, him singing, um, Bible verses, uh, underneath this like musical mayhem. Um. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, this album definitely had to grow on me. I this isn't still particularly my cup of tea, um, <laughs> but. I I s like I struggled like getting into it. It was an uphill battle. And I think the more I listened to it, particularly yesterday, I gave it like four or five listens through yesterday. Four or five. And it started it started to no, like. Okay, you're I, could start to, <laughs> I could start to feel a little more of where this is going rather than just like somebody kind of throwing fruit at me on the street and like, why is this happening? But like it's kind of um so so <laughs> So the uh, it it opens up the album opens up um with like organ hums and then like improvised percussive like helicopter noises yeah yeah um, I think he's waving a tube then, around or something but yeah <laughs> and then Colossians one I think um, I need to check the liner notes
1: yeah but um oh, the mystery that's been hidden it, through the at the ages
0: yeah. So like it's it starts off kind of like like regular and then just then you're just like hard cuts and like the like all the music drops out the lyrics keep going and there's like more like, like musical explosions and like horns and then like the five piece uh, choir comes in and yes. keeps on repeating.
1: Uh, um, oh my goodness! dude. <laughs> and every song kind of runs into the next, so you never have a break. Like it's no. it's twenty four minutes of. Eighteen with 18 tracks and some of them go for around 50 seconds. And it's just, I mean, so for me, this is a delight. I listened to this album back, like front to back, and it's just like I love every moment of it. But I totally understand what you mean about his voice being the constant. I've always wondered whether he composes like an acoustic guitar and voice and he'll record his voice and then he'll subtract the acoustic guitar and put in other things and you wonder how he keeps going with that voice in time while there's like pots and pans and spoons and organs and, and zithers and all this sort of thing going on underneath. But I think it's because deep down some of these songs are just acoustic guitar and voice, but he's arranged mm. them in such a way that it just is chaotic almost.
0: Yeah, I've, I very much have no idea how he would compose a song, Yeah. songs like this. Um, because I I doubt that it actually is random. That that the cake analogy is just like by experience of listening to it, but it's not I know that's not the case. Nobody makes music randomly.
1: Um and he spends a lot of time on his make, music, yeah.
0: Yeah, like it's, it's this is very definitely like intentionally crafted, um while still feeling very disorienting <laughs> at, a, at a at an initial approach. Um I I feel like this is here you go. This is more like um, spicy food. Mm. Um, so like, like your tolerance for this kind of music is higher than mine, because this album kind of gives me like some kind of Trinidadian, Maruga <laughs> Scorpion Pepper energy. Because it's kind of like, <laughs> I, like waiting through this stuff, and I like if you listen to it for long enough, I think you could very easily pick out the, um, like the melodic lines that he's singing, and you could hold on to those. And you could sing those and keep those in your head, but going on like other parts of the music, I like, like you can't really keep track of like the horn blasts and, Mm. um,
1: it's been like thumps and thuds in the background. (laughs) It's been a long time since I had my first listen to half handed cloud, but I can commiserate. I can commiserate. (laughs) I think the first time I heard him wasn't on an asthmatic kitty sampler, um, sample like, um, download And it was the track Festus, I'm Not Out of My Mind. um, Yeah. Which arguably is one of the most uh, accessible songs on the album. Um, And But I I listened to that. I was like, oh, that's pretty like out there. And then I listened to this (laughs) album and it grew on me and grew on me and grew on me. And so it's been half a decade now of listening to Half a Cloud and I own his whole discography. And I kind of get where he's going now. But when yeah, when you're beginning, it's just it's just mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to put it. I um, suppose.
0: No, yeah, I I can appreciate the um, like the homemade quality of it. It definitely feels like it. Um, this is a recorded on like a single tape deck, right? And it's, yeah, reel uh, to reel.
1: It's like a four track reel to reel.
0: Um, it feels like it's got a handmade quality to it. I know that's not the way we're putting it, but it, like it has the kind of um like some of the edges are a little bit rougher, but it's got that kind of charm of somebody has worked on this organically, which I really appreciate actually. Yeah. And I've had all the experience on so- the harmonies and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And there are some demos from the early writing of the record and he does. Yeah. He's very meticulous in the way he approaches his music from what I understand. And <sighs> has done many different demos and I've heard demos of songs that made it onto Flying Scroll, Flight Control. I should have mentioned the name of the album, but that's the one. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and you can hear like the essence of things and it actually sounds a little bit more um, typical of a song sometimes, like there's more stability. And so I think as he goes, yeah. he refines it down <laughs> to its core parts and reduces that which isn't necessary. To kind of, yeah. So you're right. It's like the bare minimum of holding together a song. And some people might, I know that a lot of people I've showed this album to just can't handle that. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I have like amazing musical senses. I just really appreciate how much effort and thought has gone into that. So that's why I like it.
0: You're on a higher plane, I sure I like the idea of stability versus uh, right. <laughs> stability versus like insanity. And there's a scale to which one of these songs is gonna fall on that chart. Well, um, you know,
1: like free jazz <laughs> free jazz is like kind of up there on the very end of the spectrum. I don't think this is free jazz. <laughs> no, it's not. It does yeah. have form.
0: I Yeah, uh, yeah I, I can I, I definitely see myself enjoying this more as I listen to it. And like one of the reasons we even like started the show or do the show is to um stretch ourselves musically as like a, mm. a challenge and that's good. So um, It's you know Twitter I, by I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it is. I and I appreciated it more and more, maybe not all of it completely. And I don't think I can quite comment on it as a work of Christian music. Like I haven't given it that time in my head yet. Mm. Um I appreciate that he is trying something very different from like modern uh label Christian music that's being turned out by like American megachurches. It's mm. it's nothing anywhere near that. Mm. Um but I don't know if I can quite um file that down yet. Um it's so I'd take a while. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably give it like a, a perplexed five out of ten. Yeah. It's fun. um. I th- think it, it's more it than I hoped for. From lo- it grew in me from lower than that. Uh, it started lower than that, and it was kind of like climbed upwards as I listened to it more than once. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, asthmatic kitty I, it- was a bit of a warning sign for you, wasn't it?
0: Yes, I. Um, I'm. We're not gonna. I am not going to i do not want to get into that. <laughs> leave it. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> One day Sufjan's albums come out, and you're gonna do a review of it. Then we're gonna have to talk oh, about it then But otherwise, we'll just wait leave. till the honorable
1: mentions in like three minutes. Okay. <laughs>
0: well, that's all. <laughs> that's all I had for uh this review. Yeah. Um, no. Thanks for listening are, to it.
1: I'm. There. I'm. Thank you for working through it and and indulging me. Uh, I didn't just try and troll you. Uh, I, was, I, was in, I was trying to give you something that we chatted about and I'm glad that there was a little bit of sense in it. And I like your cooking me- uh, metaphors, so thank you.
0: Thank you. My, uh, my text message threat of giving you ACDC, forgive me, a Sufjan album, still stands, by the way.
1: Okay, noted. I, I shall decide whether or not I feel like an ACDC album one day and then accordingly give you a album. Yeah. All right. Venture All right. mentions. mentions. How about you go first? Because um, I went first last time. All right. Sure.
0: Um, <clears throat> this was actually a little bit on the Beatles train um, from earlier. Mm. So, uh, Vancouverite and any musician Dan Mangan um, got together a group of uh, uh, frontline workers from Vancouver and members of the VSO to record a version of um, All You Need Is Love. Cool. Um, And it was surprising to see how many talented musical doctors there were in Vancouver. (laughs) Who knew? Um, Yeah, who knew? Um, Also, it was nice to recognize some of the VSO players. So um, shout out to Larry Knopp, a fantastic trumpet player from the VSO. Mm -hmm. Um, And this kind of got me reminded of another video. So during uh, maybe last month or two months ago and I'd still be running. Actually. I don't know. There was a movement to like, uh, uh, pay, uh, VSO or symphony members to like, uh, perform a song and like record a video and you could kind of like pay them for, uh, like a performance and they put it up in YouTube. Hmm. And, um, one was done by my trombone teacher from when I was a child. whom i hold very dearly and it's a beautiful piece so jeremy berkman i don't know if you'll ever hear this but thank you um and uh it's called lament for a lost car and it's him playing trombone through an empty parking lot uh and it's uh beautiful and kind of funny much like (laughs) Uh, um, nice that's local stuff uh all right next um father john misty ah yes um he released a covers EP as part of Bandcamp Friday last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is uh, a bunch of covers, oh, oh, sorry, four covers. It's not very long. Um, and it's two by Leonard Cohen, one by a guy called Carl Blau. I've never heard of him before. And then one by Cat Stevens. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I mostly bought it for the Cat Stevens song. Cause I love Cat Stevens, but, um, Leonard Cohen's always interesting to listen to and I think Yeah, which one's... Having someone uh it's uh Imagine mm-hmm. Sorry, that's John Lennon. It's called Anthem.
1: Okay. <laughs> and uh one of us cannot be wrong. Okay. I I know a bit of Leonard Cohen. I don't know those two unfortunately.
0: Yes, yeah, Anthem is one of his more famous kind of um I guess you'd call it a protest song. It's about the Berlin wall and like how when, even though there's like this quote unquote massive wall that like light can still break through and there is hope in the world. And that's kind of uh, why he made it, I think. Hmm. Um, But so father John, I, I I love father de and I think he kind of does his, his usual um, kind of like uh, desperate cabaret affair um, on this. On these songs, and it's nice to hear, um, like Leonard Cohen maybe maybe sung a bit uh more strongly than Leonard Cohen would have sung it. That's kind of get me a
1: Well, I mean, uh, he's got a strong voice, but it's not very like action packed.
0: Yeah, I do love Leonard Cohen. Actually, he's on my list of things to explore more in the future one day. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so I I love Father John And This was a a welcome.
1: A uh, freebie for Bandcamp, basically. Or not a freebie, but a welcome yeah. kind of thing to find out. Was it just available on that one day, and then he took it down? I think it's available for like a week
0: and a bit. Okay. It's not on Spotify. It's only on Bandcamp. Nice. and uh, Good on him. All right. Next is a band called Gremlin. Hmm. Um, spelled with no vowels in it. Uh, okay. and yep. uh, <laughs> just I've been actually a fan of not- Gremlin for... <laughs> Yeah, I've been a fan of Gremlin for a while. He's like a punk surf garage rock kind of indie project and he has been absolutely pumping out music. So I had his like first two albums maybe like 6 7 years ago and that kind of like oh those are good. And then he just started like just he took like a 2 year break and then released like five albums in the next like 3 years and I was like, "Oh my <laughs> goodness, I can't keep up with this." Um <laughs> And so I decided to grab one of his um B-side collections. Hmm. He, he's had one out before, so it's called Explore Number Two. And they're usually a little more laid-back and underproduced than his albums are. I yeah, I really like I really like Gremlin. It encompasses the kind of like old indie music attitude of just make what you want and make lots of it. Yeah. And um Explore Number Two is kind of nice, relaxed. Surf rock, perfect for summer kind of stuff. It's really nice. I'll I'll put some up for you. It's cool. I recommend them.
1: Yeah, please do. Um
0: and then last for me, uh another new Gorillaz song. Um oh. technically from a month ago. Uh <laughs> called Friday the 13th. Um I uh one of the reasons I didn't talk about it is because I actually really disliked it when I first listened to it. Okay. Um so these kind of song machine things that they've been doing have kind of like been toe dipping in different musical eras of the gorillas and this uh, latest one friday the 13th is very much from like the new era that i have not enjoyed as much and so it took me a while to kind of warm up to this one especially the the guest vocals i'm not still a huge fan of but the the actual music of the song and the the mood of it, I've come to appreciate more. Um, so, again, another better, uh, enjoyed it more than when I first listened to it, much like Half-Handed Cloud, but in a very
1: different vein. But mm. um, it grew on me. Nice. That's all, that's all I got. That's great. Yeah. Um, I've just got a couple. Um, so I've got a local one too. Uh, I was sent this by a friend, uh, Pete Rowe. And he uh, sent me this band from Wollongong, which is a city just south of Sydney. Um, They are like... Sorry, the gong. The gong. The gong, yeah. Um, They're called Shining Bird and they're an Australian post-rock kind of, I don't know, there must be like six or seven people in the band. It seems like there's a lot. I haven't really looked into them. Um, (laughs) But he sent me this 13-minute track Called um, oh. Deadlands, and it's beautiful. It's got—I think you'd quite enjoy it. It's kind of post-rock jazz, um, but with like tape loops and stuff. Um, it's yeah. quite interesting. So it's kind of soundscapey, and they pull into it kind of indigenous sort of influences um, as well as a lot of like uh, field recordings. Kind of it. I haven't listened to it as much as I want a couple of times, but it just feels very Australian. And this kind of, if you can picture the east coast of like Australia in the winter, and it's like cold and wet, and it's it, there's these sax, it, I don't know, and there's kind of like these saxophones and guitars and tape loops and stuff. It's just very, it's very lovely. I appreciate it a lot. Sure. And they did this live recording in the studio, and so it's it's pretty cool. Anyway, I need to look into them more, but this was just the vibe I got um, off the back of um, this recommendation. And so, yeah, I really appreciated it. Um, Sure. Oh, secondly, a big one, and I've been holding off on this one, uh, new Sufjan. Uh, So it's going to be a Sufjan year, man, Um, just so you know in advance. uh, Sufjan announced (laughs) out of the blue uh, a new album, The Ascension, which is coming out in September. And he also released a single um, called America uh, with also a second uh, B-side called My Rajneesh. Um, Now, both of these songs together (laughs) clocked in at the length of Half And A Cloud's entire album. So America is around 12 minutes and My Rajneesh is around 11 minutes. So I've given them quite a few listens and, um, and if you are a Sofiane fan, you'll, you might be familiar with the silver and gold Christmas albums. That's kind of the direction musically. So Karen Lowell was quite a divergent change from his folky slash electronic stuff of Illinois and age of odds. Um, and then. The end. By the end of Silver and Gold, we have this interesting hybrid of like singer songwriter with really really good production, lots of electronica, and then his vocals kind of multi-tracked. So Age of Odds was singular vocals, very kind of almost painful in sound, and then by the end of Silver and Gold, it's quite harmonious and lush. And so that's what you get on these new tracks. Um, I think he's listed as playing like. Four different prophets, <laughs> um, all these different synthesizers. Okay. <clears throat> and um,
0: so, so, yeah, you should clarify those are keyboards, yeah. not, not prophets from the
1: Bible. That, true, yes. <laughs> but um, so it's got lots of synthesizers and just very long, indulgent kind of musical outros and stuff. I actually preferred my Rajneesh more than the single America. Um, I just felt like it was a bit more of a beautiful song. But both of them are very pointed lyrically um, and that Sufjan does not shy away from um, social commentary uh, and critiquing culture. So I'm very much uh, looking forward to The Ascension when it comes (laughs) out in September. And uh, you will definitely hear more about that. So. Um, I will will say one thing.
0: I will definitely be listening to the idols in September and probably not (laughs) Sufjan. That's
1: fine. That's fine. Oh, Did you see that they're (laughs) dropping a new single next Tuesday? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So get excited. Um, Yeah, so I really enjoyed uh, that. And then the last thing, I was listening to a really fun band again. Um, They're called Carol Cleveland Sings. So these are friends of John Ringhoffer. It's been a it's been a bit of a tied in episode, but um I was recommended them through his his um, social media posts, and they're kind of like really poppy, upbeat, um, kind of singer songwriter, but with like very retro sounds, like lots of you know um, crappy little keyboards with drum machines and that sort of thing. Those kinds of sounds. And the reason I got back into them was that they I started following them online on Instagram and they have lots of really cool um, covers that they've been doing where they cover songs instrumentally using these retro keyboards and other various instruments, but they loop them in such a way that the Instagram video almost perfectly does the loop of the main theme of the song. And they'll do everything from Ennio Morricone in honour of his – um, passing all the way through Mm. to rainbow connection from, um, the Muppets to, um, (laughs) take on me, um, by Uh aha. And so, sorry, I really appreciated these little musical musings and then re listened to the album just because it's super joyful and stuff. So, yeah. Um, and sorry, that just reminds me Ennio Morricone passed away. That was, that was really Mm. sad. He, um, I mean, I'm not like a, you know, huge buff of his music. But if you get a chance, do listen to the soundtrack to The Mission. That's probably one of my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorite soundtracks of his and maybe one of my favorite soundtracks full full stop. So, yeah. Um, I remember as a kid hearing
0: Gabriel's oboe for the first time. Yeah, man. And just like started crying. I was like an eight-year-old and I'm like, why? I don't understand what's happening. It's just
1: um, so pure and beautiful. I mean, that's what they say about the yeah. oboe, right?
0: Yeah. There, There is also a Yo-Yo Ma version of that song, which is also outstanding, mm. I would say.
1: Yeah. Yo-Yo. I only got halfway through the film of the mission. I just found it too sad, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. P- it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, on that uh, happy note, uh, should we end... <laughs> <laughs> um, I can do the outro if you like <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this episode of what we're listening to um, thanks for you know your comments on social media and, and that sort of thing and for ratings yeah. on um, Apple Podcasts we really appreciate all those kinds of things and it's really nice to know that you are finding interesting things to listen to from listening to this podcast so uh, our job is done um, yeah yeah Please check us out more and share us around with your friends if you think they'd enjoy listening to some uh, um, two guys ramble on about the music that they enjoy. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and check out our website and leave us a review. Thanks very much and see you around. See you, Josh. See you, buddy. Bye.